into Gate episode 206. We're talking Stargate Atlantis this week. Get into Gate team. The team is here. Uh, my name is Mitch. Joining me, Brennan and Maddie. Hey, mate. Yo. What's doing, boys? Uh, well, you know, just in recording a podcast. What about you? Yeah, I'm doing the same. Now, oh, okay. Reese, back on episode 200, he came in. On his daughter's birthday. Today is my son's birthday, and I'm in here doing this. Oh, so, um, which one? Luke, uh, eight years old. We should have pre recorded it. Always known as Brendan's Classic godson. So, child. once, yeah. once oh, he's. Really? Yeah, once he starts. The Godfather. Got the little. Not, the little not, not good enough for the firstborn, were you? Got the second no. one. Yeah, right. right. That right. makes sense. Yeah, but when you when, when you meet the kids, you're like, that makes sense, actually. <laughs> actually, yeah, of all yeah. your kids. The first one is much more sense. like his godfather, whereas Luke's, he's got, he's got that devil twinkle in his eye, and you're like, yeah, he's, he's the godson of a Gibson. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You have chosen. Yeah. If well, anything did happen, he had to go and live with uh, with Brendan. He, he'd get along fine. Yeah, he'd, yeah, yeah. Just slot straight he'd in there, like and run and be like he'd been there the whole time. Yeah, yeah. yeah this absolutely. is a wood chipper, my son. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a squirrel. <laughs> Things disappear when you put them in here. <laughs> Aurora, episode nine of season two of Stargate Atlantis. Let's crack into the old synopsis. See what it's uh, written about on paper, and then crack in because this is my first time. I'm an Atlantis first timer, and uh, see what I. Th- thought and uh, you guys can tell me whether I'm wrong basically that's how this thing works the team discovers hundreds of crew members oh we're jumping straight in in the synopsis frozen in stasis pods this reads almost exactly the same as the start of last week's SG1 <laughs> podcast uh, synopsis connected to a virtual reality interface Shepard enters an empty pod and connects to the interface we're just listening plot points yeah, however one of the pods contains a wraith they must keep this wraith from learning the same secrets they seek from the ancients look I gave him a pass oh, wow. mark in season Cooper one. Right season two, they're still really not nailing the old synopsis. Um, no, you know who, who would have written it? Martin Giro would have written it. You know what? It's actually a virtual environment. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's true. Important distinction. Yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. don't misquote your own story, guys. Uh, story by Brad Wright and Carl Binder and uh, directed by Martin Wood. Correct. So some. Now you did mention last week uh, you were very excited about the title and hearing it by hearing it in an American accent. Mm-hmm. So I went digging for you because I'm like I know I've heard this word somewhere. I know I've heard this word somewhere before, a lot and on repeat. And I'm like, where did I? I found it for you. I did. I found it for you. So here it is for you. Oh. What we're now going to call the episode from now on, and we've got to use this inflection. Okay. Aurora! Aurora! What is that? Was That's that weird? We do. Was that weird? <laughs> no, that was Lorelai Gilmore from Gilmore Girls. Oh, we snuck it in there somehow. You're welcome, guys. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Sounded like weird. That's how annoying she is. <laughs> she was so annoying in this episode. She's really? only in for two scenes. I was going to say, I don't even oh. remember her being in it, but there oh, you go. What is your problem with Weir? She's great. I love that opening scene, the back and forth with her and... Um, Ronan. No. Oh, no. So I was thinking oh, that um, scene, yeah. after that with um, Colonel Caldwell, that's it. That whole sort of walk and talk they had, I thought was fantastic. Where she, that you know, was crap. I love that. Where she's like, <laughs> that was shit. She's like, he had to cut her off because she's like, you know that I've got discretionary power to do whatever the fuck I want with your ship. It's like, sh- Elizabeth, and he's like, no, shut no, up. Stop it. I'm in charge. I agree with you. Yeah. I'm above the law. <laughs> I love that, and then that fantastic, like the the like the button to that scene. Stop su- starting the sentence with fantastic. No, and that's... then saying what we said because it's not fantastic. The, but- <laughs> the button of the scene where he's like, "All right, tell him to be ready in an hour," and she's like, "They're ready now," and it pans across uh, the room just there on the bridge. I'm just like, Aurora. Oh, <laughs> Jesus! Wow, what, what timing! He's t- fantastic. <laughs> no one touched anything. That was amazing. No, that annoyed me because she. She's supposed to be the world's best diplomat. <laughs> you guys keep harping on this. Well, it's true. That is the core of her. <laughs> why she's there? That was, yeah. that was blonde weir. <laughs> but instead, yeah. she just ag- antagonizes the man who's in charge of his own ship. But she sh- could say, "Hey, Colonel, there's an awesome ancient warship. Would you mind my team tagging along and you guys go check it out?" He'd be like, "Hell yeah!" But she. But doesn't- instead. <gasps> Don't let me remind you of my power that I have here. <laughs> oh, shut up. She doesn't have to negotiate with him because she's the fucking boss. She's Hammond. Shut Hammond not, never not had to be like. Daedalus. Yes, she is. She said nah. it. She said it. Oh, just because she says. She has. <laughs> uh, I'm the boss of everything. Well, I mean. John, show me your penis. No. She, I'm the boss of your penis. She's the one. <laughs> 
She's the one that had to let Caldwell back in conversion. She's the one that had to let Caldwell take over John's responsibilities. Caldwell couldn't just do that on his own. He had yeah, to ask her for Atlantis. permission. Yeah, and she says before she gets cut it's his off. Ship. I, I know. I know what it's like, Elizabeth, to get cut off in this room. But oh, um, <laughs> she cut him off too many times. Yeah, but. Yeah, she said, well, you know, and we can only take what she says. He was know, the bigger would, man. He's supposed assume. to be the one that you hate, Caldwell, but he just took he took the highest high standard. <laughs> well, no, he didn't, though. Yeah, he did. He would, no, because he was being catty back and forth with her. Yeah, and then he's and like, then he's like oh, actually, I agree with you. This bitch just so he was tries to f*** with me it. every time. She's supposed to be a diplomat. She doesn't need she's to, a bitch. She doesn't need to be a <laughs> diplomat to her subordinates. Then why does she even ask? Just say, oh, there's this... There's a ship out there. My team's going to tag along. Go and check it out. That's what she was doing, and he was fighting her. Aurora, where are you? (laughs) (laughs) More, more, more. (laughs) I I may have stolen your bit. I may have stolen. (laughs) This is a lot like Sounds of Stargate. Sounds of Stargate. I may have stolen. Okay, so there's an episode of Gilmore Girls, and there's a a maid called Aurora, and she's hiding because she's highly nervous. So the whole episode, you just hear them calling out looking for Aurora. Oh, that's hilarious. So, yeah. But we all agree she's a bitch. That's nice. Let's no, move on. No, I love Weir. <laughs> she's supposed to be a diplomat and she's a bitch. She doesn't need to be a diplomat. Are you a diplomat with... No, that's. I was going to say you guys are diplomats with your kids, but I'm like, no, well, that's sometimes, different. You have yeah. to be. You know, well, now that you say that, yeah. yeah, I am their boss, but I still... I still yeah. do open requests or conversations with... Yeah, now, you true. know... But you could be the, a colleague, like... Mm. The way you, the way I see it, she okay. Mm. She can take charge of the Daedalus. What when it's in the Milky Way? Obviously not. <laughs> when it's in the void between galaxies? Obviously not. When it's on the no. edge of the galaxy? But I, no. I would when say... it's on the in the orbit of Atlantis? She didn't say when or where yeah, her powers I, extend. I feel, yeah, I feel like it's she not could, your galaxy doctor. She could assign. <laughs> she could assign it missions. I reckon if she's like, "Hey, look, I'm having a really heavy flow this month." <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly what's we, happening. We've only got we've only got light duty sanitary pads. I need you to run back to Earth and get some heavy duties and come back, I reckon he'd have to do it. Like if 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 she needed him to run an errand, like if it was something, you know, really Are they ill tempered? The <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well I'm just having to be out of here for the next seven years. Yeah, days. God he would be. Um but no, I think I think she would have the power if it was mission critical to Atlantis's safety and and con- continuation, she would be able to say, Oi, I'm ordering you to go back to Earth and get this fucking weapon or get this person and bring them back because we need them. But the last three weeks we've all said Caldwell loves weapons. Yes. Like, oh, you just want to have that big honking space gun. Yeah, mm. of course I do. Oh, you mm. just want John's position at Atlantis. Yeah, of course I do. Yeah. Oh, you just want to go get that war gun. Yeah, of course I do. Then why can't you just be like a good colleague instead of just marching in going... Your ship does this. She's the boss. She's Hammond. Hammond. She's not the boss. She is the boss. She's Hammond. She cannot. She's Hammond. She's, she's not, in though. charge of everybody. She's not part of the military. So the military answers so? to civilians. <laughs> what is what is no. the, the, the I disagree. The Prime Minister of Australia <laughs> our, our Prime Minister of Australia is what? Yeah. A civilian. Who answers to him? The military. The military always answers to civilian leadership. Otherwise, it's a dictatorship. It's a military dictatorship. By law, every country in the world... Except for Stargate Command. Well, no, because when when Hammond was like, fuck, I don't have the authority to do this, I better use this big red phone and call the president to get okay, who's a civilian. Yeah, she should call the president. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> she's, the, she's the head of the... Of the the expedition. But what are, where does her? Where does it end? Because it's his ship. He's the captain yeah. of the ship. Oh, I don't think she'd be able so if, to say, "Hey, I don't, I don't like this engineer you've got. Reassign him. He's fired." I don't think she's got anything, any powers in terms of the internal runnings of the ship. But like, I, I wrote it down. She said, "I thought I wrote it down." Um, I just don't think you'd need to be that. C-ty. She has discretionary power. <laughs> Hammond was c-ty all the time, though. Yeah, but he's a man. <laughs> You piece of shit. Got you, him. you misogynistic piece of shit. Aurora. It's, it's 2023. You are getting cancelled. You are getting cancelled. Oh man. Hey, and you know what? As 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 you've always said, Maddie. Brendan knows way more about Stargate than I do. <laughs> Amazing! Wow, it took four, what, four wow. years, but the box of shame so good. finally came back to bite me in the ass. 
Can we? Can we? Go, uh, can we? We go haven't to, even got to the Ronan scene. Can we, <laughs> can, can, can we go back to Zoom chats where you don't have the soundboard anymore? <laughs> this is better because we can argue in person and have back yeah. and forth. So it's way better. Uh, There's no delay. That's. Uh, well, that's all we've got time for this yeah, week. After <laughs> and it was a good thing because I, I I really enjoyed this episode. Obviously, yes, I because I stopped after one note, and that one note was from the Weir and Ronan scene where yeah. I wrote "Blue Jello on Atlantis." <laughs> <laughs> great that point. Great is point. Is my one note <laughs> on Aurora, <laughs> and also I just saw that a cool documentary is on this week on SBS. So I've written down a note to remind myself. Oh, SBS. Uh, there's got to be nudity in that one, right? I think only animal nudity, so I don't oh, know if that counts. Yeah, but, no, uh, yeah, no, when Ronan, well, he's like, I'm leaving. And he had his tray, and I'm like, that's blue jello. Holy shit. Like, they, <laughs> they, of all the essentials that had to go to the Atlantis base in another galaxy, like, make sure the jelly makes it. So, uh, anyway. Um, that scene should have been, we walks in with her plate. Can I sit here? I'm leaving. <laughs> that would have been way better. That was, it was a really <laughs> weird episode. Like, I feel like it belonged, was it? Was it the last episode or the one before? Yeah, Trinity. When um, there's that whole side mission with Ronan and Taylor, and he's like, "I need to get out of here." I feel like yeah. that opening scene would have made more sense because there was zero payoff to that. Like mm. none of that had anything to do with the rest of the episode. Apart from that's why he's leaving. That's why they're going off world. No, no. I mean this episode. <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah. Like the yeah, I'm yeah. leaving part, but it's like none of that conversation had yeah, anything none to of do this with one anything. Was... That would have made more sense as part of Trinity, I think, mm. of him just going, oh, I'm, you know, leaving to, yeah. go on, to go on that mission. Good point. And then would set up him having that conversation with Taylor about, you know, sometimes you just need to get off the base. Yeah. Like, that would all make way more sense. I feel like so. she wanted some Satid and D. <laughs> That's how I, when she sat down, she's like, oh my God, he's dreamy. Well, I mean, you know, you got those she's two. She's right. Yeah, I mean, you got those two Muppets playing um, chess and you've got Ronan sitting there. I mean, any one of us would have made the exact same decision. We're going to go sit down next to Ronan and mm. just stare into his eyes dreamily. Like, <laughs> what do you bench? <laughs> Stroking his arm. Do you lift, bro? Well, funnily enough. <laughs> So cut to uh, once they board the Aurora and everyone's in, Aurora! Um, <laughs> Ronan, don't leave. I meant on the mission. <laughs> uh, I mean, the table. It's like, yeah. duh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. What did you think <laughs> Like, he again, jump yeah. into conclusions like yeah. she does with Caldwell. Like, yeah. do you know that I'm your... Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's like, what it is. Yeah, yeah. She has the I'm, arguments in her if head. If you just <laughs> shut up, before, I'm actually agreeing with before you. Before yeah. she has the conversation. Yeah. Mm. Well, well, back to idolising Ronan, though, is when they were... Um, shooting the scenes where they were all in those orange spacesuits. Oh, yeah. If you look very, very closely, during that whole thing, at no point do you see Jason Momoa's face because that was not him in that suit. Oh, really? He is such a unit... He wouldn't fit in that suit. <laughs> not not just that's his hilarious. not just his dreadlocks. His sheer skull no, that's not... would not fit inside that helmet. Oh, I've been there. So that <laughs> hats you and me just yeah. can't get a, a cap no. that fits. Um, so they had to use his double. So he was always shot in shadow from behind, and it was just him doing voiceover whenever he had a line. Now that's not the first time this season. I feel like there's been another episode where you said he couldn't fit in something. Uh, I I can't think of the episode. Where's vagina? My ass is so huge. Like throwing a sausage down a hallway. <laughs> God, you misogynistic piece of shit. How fucking dare you? Oh, oh how fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. Mm. So, <laughs> when they when they discover the ship. Mm. And Rodney does his really annoying, like, okay, I'm smarter than you. I'm going to tell you something that you had no idea of a question that you needed to ask, but I'm going to make fun of you if you're not knowing the answer. Oh, uh, they, they'll, they won't be back at this speed for another, oh, 42 million years. Should we go wait on the porch? Um, <laughs> was it, like, it, it had been recalled, right? Like, it was on its way back to Atlantis because of the things that have happened there. Yeah, it had been, like, woken up. The ship had been yeah. woken up by the beacon or whatever. So it's on the edge of the galaxy, but it was yeah. still going to take that long, not because it's poor technology, because it's ancient stuff, it's it's just because ballistic. it was so just yeah, floating like, towards. Right, it, it right. had no hyperdrive. Yeah. It had okay. no real sort of normal engines or anything like that. It was just creeping along. I don't even think it was moving 
Yeah. Well, like, I guess it wouldn't have been moving because everyone was in stasis. So, mm. the, yeah, there would have been no no activation on the So how the long, ship, if, if so. like, presumably... I, feel, if, I, I just assumed because, say, their hyperdrive went down, they're yeah. still moving towards Atlantis. Oh, true. Like, ballistic, you That's know, like in um, 48... No, it wasn't... For, when Tilk and Jack... Oh, yeah. Uh, tangent. Tangent. And yeah, they yeah, just kept right. going. Yeah, yeah. It could have been that situation. Just so very, that was just, just very, now. Very it's slowly. not like yeah. they've never, that, that ship hasn't always traveled at that slow speed. Because obviously, if it was on an, an, an expedition to go whatever towards the edge of the galaxy, they were never going to get back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to their research by the time they got back, it's redundant because yeah. Atlantis is, uh, at, at the Atlanteans had, you know, like yeah. ascended. Um, I did love what you're saying, though, with, with um, McKay being a real dick about it. What I loved is later on in the episode when, like, Shepard was just as, like, snippy and bitchy back to him. Mm. Like, when he was like, What, don't you trust me? He's like, No. No. And then later on, <laughs> when he comes. last week. Yeah. And yeah. then when he comes out of the pod, he's like, Well, did you tell them that such and such is happening? And Shepard's like, no, it didn't occur to me. And then Mikasa's going, what is it? He's like, of course. Just, <laughs> like, I just love he's like, just giving it back to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Just being like, if you're going to be guilty about it, I'm going to be back to you. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, oh, there's uh, some really, uh, just feel like the writing in the Atlantis at the moment compared to the both, mm. especially the character interaction and what's happening with story wise, it's just on a different level. Yeah. 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 Well, Brad and obviously, Wright, the, the addition just, of Ronan made a huge. Mm. Huge sort of uh, difference to to what they can do and what's happening, um, and it really just stuff started to gel. I still maintain season two and season three are peak Atlantis. Mm. Like it doesn't it doesn't get any better. I feel for like me. Taylor came into her own in this, and I think they should have run with her character. You know how she says, kind of talks Rodney into into feeling what she wants him to feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, when she manipulates, she's like, well, if, if something does happen, who would be the greater loss? Yeah, and he's like, hmm, good yeah. thing. I didn't think and of And then there was a great moment later on. They should on have run with that. When, she, when she's bullshitting to Caldwell, trying to buy time for Rodney later on. Yeah. I forgot about that. I'm like, and she's nailing it. Yeah. Just like, she really played it well to be like, you could see in her eyes that she was, like, the character was coming up with this stuff on the spot, but yeah. then her voice was still selling it enough to Caldwell yeah. where it didn't make Caldwell look like a dick for her clearly lying yeah. to his face. Um, that was a great moment. Yeah. I just feel like she could have been the one to really put Rodney in his place without him Aurora! Knowing, without him knowing Aurora was there. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas on the other hand, I know you said on our last Atlantis podcast, you joked that, hey, you know, he gets his episode threes and then something will happen, but then otherwise he's basically just Chewbacca. Mm. And then this episode, it got to the end. I'm like, oh, man, I was just looking at Momoa just kind of like silently reacting to things that – we're going to happen the exact same way whether his character was in the scene or not. I was like, I, I'm sure it's not this bad every episode, but mm. I, I was really feeling for him going, he, he's he got f- all to do in this entire they, episode. They do Except get- for that one bit, like the, that first scene, as annoying as it might have been, at least he had a bit of back and forth yeah. that was about his character. At least it gave you something. After that, like when uh, when Taylor was... was um, uh, giving you know, uh, Rodney some extra time and uh, installing Caldwell, she basically hangs up and he's like, no stalling. Like, that was it. That was his input in the scene. Yeah. And oh, he's just got nothing to do, but I'm sure it does yeah. get better. It does, but it also gets worse in some episodes. Right. Like it is back. There is, there's even an episode where it's very self-referential, and it's like he and Taylor are just, like, staring out. Like, they're on, like, the balcony in the lanterns or something like that, and he's just like, I need to learn some science. Mm-hmm. And Taylor's like, what do you mean? And he's like, oh, you know, when we've got to get out and do, you know, physical stuff, I'm really good, but it's like... And because there was some scientific thing going on that Rodney's trying to fix, he's like, when the science stuff happens, I don't really have anything to do. Yeah, like, right. he literally says that <laughs> in one of the episodes. He's like, I need to learn some science. Yeah. And um, he is like the Tilk in many ways. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he just doesn't have that um, that knowledge that Tilk had. So, yeah, like, the Gua- of, Ooh, relevant the knowledge. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think they ever really lean into that either in terms of, like, it would be great if he knew more about wraith culture. Yeah, mm. I agree. Like, if you think about they tend to sort of fall back on Taylor for that. But it's like, really, I think if you go back to the pilot, she'd never actually 
met a wraith in her yeah. entire life. Like that was the first culling that she'd ever experienced. Yeah. When yeah. she was young, except for when she was a show. Yeah, when she yeah. lost the necklace in the yeah. in the in the cave or whatever. Mm. So it's like, well, if if Ronan's been a runner for the last seven years, surely he's picked up a lot about how yeah. the wraith operate and what they do Their and tactics and maybe knowing about wraith tech. Like he could have been the one to figure out what that wraith tech yeah. thing was exactly. on the pod. Or you we know, actually he Rodney didn't even look at that thing. We didn't even find out what it, we know what it well, was. Well, he looked at it. He goes, "Oh, that looks like Wraith Tech," and and, and that was Ronan it. basically grabs his head and turns it towards the Wraith in the pod, and then they forget about that yeah. tech mm. completely until later on with that great moment where Rodney deactivates that tech and then realizes <laughs> he's, he's just woken up a Wraith <laughs> and it's him and a Wraith. Yeah, it's <laughs> like shit. I did not think this through. Shoot it in the head. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> You're right. Oh uh, yeah, he did that horrible like horror movie scream thing where he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm just gonna get really, really close." But he did that so well. It's kind of reminded me of the SG One episode. The other guys were yes. just shooting and running away. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. so good. And then, Ronan did have a good line though when Caldwell was like, "We have to kill it," and Ronan's like, "Yeah, yeah," <laughs> or something like. I don't he know that, why, but he had it that was great so line where he goes, <laughs> "Yeah," <laughs> it was like comedic. It was lit. We kill it, and Caldwell's like, "I agree." Yeah, he's like, "Yeah." Let's do that. I don't remember that. It just makes sense because when they beamed them back on or uh, whatever it was. A couple of years ago, you go, hey, what, what was what was Aquaman's big line in Justice League? <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> it's like oh, he, he nails the one yeah. word one-liners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's his thing. God. But I uh, I did like the the science nature of this episode. They get yeah, there, it's it like, awesome. you know, hey, it's an, empty, it's an empty ship. It's a dead ship just floating back through. Hang on, no, there's people here. Hang on, they're all alive. Hang on, they're all hooked up in part of like this shared consciousness within, you know, the, 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 the matrix of the computer essentially. And are they experiencing this in real time? Is it sort of... Uh, is it like a repetitive sort of nature? Like if they've been floating for thousands of years, what does that seem like to them? I bet we better we better you know punch in and, and they thought they were living a real mission. And you know where did that begin? How long did it be going on? We didn't really get that. Um, I think I think McKay said it probably just came on when the beacon did. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So that's that was that when that there. when that simulation okay. started. Yeah, yeah. So they're all connected but asleep. Yeah, but yeah. The the environment only sort of reactivated yeah. when mm. um, they reactivated the systems on Atlantis. And, you know, like, to get introduced to those people, what, 12, you know, sort of minutes, 15 minutes into the episode where we start to really meet those characters and then, you know, they're one and done and to get to that moment before they do die and then the captain giving his speech to the to the crew but then for Shepard at the end to say hey look I promise we're going to have this drink for this crew let's have yeah. a toast to the Aurora and I'm like I feel this like I yeah. I did really feel for that crew I mean we didn't get to meet a lot of them yeah. um, we sort of feel for the rest of the crew because of how much the captain you know loved them and, and what that mission meant to him and the fact that we know these are you know people yeah. from Atlantis 10,000 years ago and he's really the only one because you think about it we never actually knew the first officer because mm. she was a wraith holder yeah, so yeah. it's like yeah the, the the captain is really the only one we get to know aside from those couple of like dumbass yeah. you know flat top and even that because <laughs> yeah. of the the first you're officer, an ancient <laughs> yeah yeah the, the first uh you're a officer. mouth breather <laughs> <laughs> because of a consumer a yeah. ancient world um we we spent more time you know, is she or isn't she of course she is but is she really <clears throat> of course she is sort of moments mm. the captain was kept on the outer but his character really had to sell why we should give a shit about the rest of the yeah. ship. And I, I think I felt that. And I, or just yeah. the idea that, again, these guys have been missing for 10,000 years. Their bodies have been slowly aging. And, and that moment he's like, oh, if we're really on the outside, what are our bodies now? No, 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 you're old as fuck. Yeah. Um, so if you come back, man, you you look like... Um, Line, who did Michael Shanks swap bodies with? Uh, Jude, Jude, oh, uh, Michello. Michello. You look like Michello, man. I'm not going to lie, okay? That's <laughs> what you look like in your in your stasis pod. But, um, and you then look like a- Weir who just <laughs> f- yourself with a ZPM Weir. for 10,000 years. <laughs> so- I, um, I, I wanted to feel that last moment, but the thing that ruins it every time for me is I just look at it and I go, where did they get those ugly fucking champagne? That weird no, it ruins it. Weir the- coming out with the tray. Unimportant. <laughs> I did feel That's a bit because the way Shepard said it, I know there was obviously <laughs> champagne in the corner, but I felt like that champagne. Like I, I'm looking through to my office through a, a glass um, wall there, and I've got a bottle of bourbon. <laughs> That's always there. Don't always drink it. I haven't touched it in like two years. But that champagne looks like it's always sitting there for for Weir. 
but it felt like Shep was like, oh, look, hey, there's one thing I wanted to do. And then you, mm. Weir comes in like, I was in on the secret. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. Which was that weird was because she was, the one that, she was the one that dismissed everybody and said, okay, we're done, everyone can go. Yeah. And then Shep, <laughs> and then Shepard was the one that said, oh, before everybody goes, I'd like to do this. But then we was like, I've got the glass. It, uh, it didn't make sense. Yeah, it didn't make dumb. sense. Yeah. Lucky they do have champagne now on base. Yeah. It comes yeah, from we, we a shipment of champagne and blue jello. Did, stat. Did, did, it's like, did did the Daedalus bring those glasses, or are they yeah. like ancient glasses because mm. they're fucking ugly? Yeah. And yeah, they, it, they didn't look like they worked. Like they looked like they were there to hold, as opposed to be able to put down with liquid yeah. in them. You know, yeah. I feel like ancients would have just had discs, and then they yeah. would have had like. Little yeah. Spo- spoiler alert: Ancients actually used to shit in those. They're not glasses. <laughs> they, they actually shat in those, and then found a way to recycle their waste. So that's yeah, that's what it landed. No, I had like, the idea. Like, these look like glasses. We'll use these. They have a disc, and then it, they press the button, and a force field mm. comes up as the glass, and they pour it in. Yeah, and they fin- fish, fix it. And the force field is only as tall as it disc. needs to be. Yeah, I feel like I feel like like the... they can make a yard glass, but yeah. just keep filling it. <laughs> Keep filling it up. I feel like the production design did do this episode, did the ancients a little bit dirty. A, those uniforms on the Aurora were a choice. That that seems to be a lot more than it needed to be. And then the fucking ice cream cone lollipop weapon sticks. What the hell were they? Oh, yeah. I was just assumed as part of the simulation. Well, we never see them again. Spoiler yeah. alert for Mitch. I think they end up. Oh, we'd never it. seen them before or after. Yeah, mm. yeah. So I, I even I, in the pilot or the Weir's episode where they're back ten thousand years before. Did they have before. weapons there? No, that, no. That but I'm talking about uniform. Period. Oh, the uniforms. Yeah, it's, unless that was just you know Atlantis is civilians, so they were all just dressing however they wanted, mm. and that's like their quote unquote military uniforms. Yeah, just a weird choice. But yeah, no. I mean the. Costumes, we definitely don't see those again, and then we don't see the weapons again because, yeah, like you do see a few more. You know, they expand on ancients from that time period, and yeah, I think they realize that it just looked a bit silly in the end. Mm. The actual environment looked cool, and the way they lit the real world versus the environment differently, yeah, it felt like almost felt like um, oh, what was that video game episode? Avatar. Avatar, yeah. Like it almost kind of felt a little bit like that. Like you could, like I love the fritzing at the start and the yeah. way they kind of entered and, and exited the environment. And yeah, just that weird kind of bluish filter they put over everything. Yeah, um, I yeah, loved it. I, I, really lo- cool. I think I loved everything about going into the pods. Then McKay has to go, and it is like Avatar, and it is sort of like Game Gamekeeper as well, where mm. they're in their yeah. stasis pods. I did the only the only sort of jump in logic I thought about is like, well, when Mc- when Shepard's in the prison cell, why didn't he just exit and then come and back in in a different spot? Yeah, yeah. respawn where he did before. Yeah, yeah. I, was I thought that's what McKay that. was going to do. But McKay, McKay went out and then altered the program to lift up the door in the thing. Yeah. Um, all I know from the commentary is there was, and this is, a, again, and we spoke about last week about it was so weird that um, Robert C. Cooper did the commentary for an episode he essentially had nothing to do with. Mm. The audio commentary for this one is Martin Wood, who directed it, and his good pal Peter DeLuise, mm. who had nothing to do with this episode, sat the in. Hell? So that it was just two directors talking about the episode and their different directors, directing styles. And it was Peter DeLuise who pointed it out. It's So when Shepard first enters the environment... He's actually standing in the exact position his pod is in in the real ship. Yeah. But they never acknowledge that on the show and you don't really notice it because obviously it looks so different without all of the pods there. Well, that's what I thought. Once but, he comes out, it resets and he'd go back to where he started like Avatar. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Or just, yeah, he could just pop up wherever he wanted to. I know it wouldn't have helped. I guess you, the, the argument could be I know it wouldn't have helped him like getting the trust of the captain or anything like that if he's just, like, popping up all over the ship. But it also would have given validity to yeah. what he's saying is happening. And it would have been cool, too, because they could put him in the jail, like, ten times. Yeah. And he just keeps escaping. They're like, how? These guards <laughs> suck. Yeah, and would have <laughs> saved time. I mean, Shepard didn't know about the ticking clock of the cruisers on their way or anything like that until later yeah. in the episode. But it's like, yeah, like... Shepard just seemed happy to just sit in the <coughs> sit in the um, cell for however long it took. Yeah, like, um, uh, or like, I thought he was gonna move pods. 
like oh, physically yeah. moved. Oh, that pod's in jail. I'll get to another pod. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, I feel. I yeah, feel the only thing I didn't like was that we couldn't talk to the ancients a little bit more, just get a little bit more background on mm. the ship and the mission. And yeah, and I get that they want to keep the equilibrium of the show and not get a get a um, kill shot on the race straight away, but yeah. Just something about the history of them or something well, that I, you really yearn for with I referenced ancients. it last week how um, uh, in Prototype it's like the episode could only exist, like we had, like we as the team had to make stupid decisions so that the episode could exist. Like when we told Kalik like how his prison was working, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. This episode, I feel like the, the episode, like we can never get ancients like we we had last week last season with um the chick that shepherd was hitting on that was an ascended ancient yeah and we never get to talk to or speak to her again because otherwise everything's just if if we get a bunch of ancients living on atlantis the show's over because mm. they're going to kick us out or <laughs> it, it's not going to be interesting but we're just sitting there learning from from the ancients so we we knew those ancients were never going to get back to us um but the the peril i didn't understand like oh there's two cruisers on the way yeah, go kill him. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> m- remember when the Daedalus first showed up being all badass and took out, like, fucking, what, five hive ships in yeah. one episode? I mean, granted, that was with nukes, maybe, or nukes, sorry. With the um, ZPMs. Yeah, m- maybe the Daedalus doesn't have any more nuclear weapons anymore. And I know that the Asgard they have on Bulberry's name is didn't like them using beaming technology to deploy that. And again, when we spoke about with Instinct and Conversion about some, there's other, some other weird-sized sh- ship we don't know about, we've never seen... In this episode, when we first encountered the Aurora, there's some kind of small scout ship that's bigger than a dart but smaller than a cruiser mm. that we destroy with, like, two missiles. It was just, it's just a blip on yeah. the screen. So, yeah, the the I didn't mind when Caldwell was like, I don't want the Wraith to know we still exist because that puts Atlantis at danger because the Wraith still think Atlantis has been destroyed. Mm. I, uh, okay. I get that when Caldwell's like, I want to be out of here, like, they're going to be here in an hour. You've only got half an hour because we need to be out of here well before they get anywhere nearby. I totally get that. But then once the cruisers arrive, it shouldn't have been a big deal for the Daedalus to take out both of them. Yeah. But because we're not allowed to have these ancients come with us, we had to use the silly plot element of the Aurora using its self-destruct to take out the two cruisers. Yeah. And it's like the Daedalus could have taken out those two cruisers. I agree. Not a problem. Mm. So yeah, it's, it was a bit of a meh kind of ending that way, but um, I th- yeah, I feel like y- it's it's how it had to happen. I it, can't think of a better way. If you had have got some information that was just cool, you can take something away from that. We yeah. couldn't take anything away from this because I and I don't think so apart we, from it was a cool storyline. No, no spoilers mm. for Mitch, but I don't think this element of the Aurora having some kind of weakness in Ray Aurora. <laughs> Did you say Aurora? Aurora. Aurora. Oh. Um, I don't think the plot element of the Aurora having found um, some kind of weakness in Wraith technology ever comes up again. Well, like, that's it, what I was thinking. Thing. Oh, this wow. would be cool in the movie post-season yeah, five. Yeah, Something like that. That would have yeah. been cool. So I, I did read something, and obviously it'll be a spoiler for Mitch, but there is a plot device maybe in season four or season five that people are retroactively saying, oh, this could have been what the Aurora found out about, mm. but there's never any like canon connection to it. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, it kind of sucked. Even if the captain was literally about to tell Shepard, like the captain knew what the communique was and was literally about to tell Shepard and told him the first half of the sentence and then Shepard got beamed out and then the ship was just whatever mm. to give us a little a little crumb to follow. But for mm. it just to be a dead end and yeah. not get anything out of it at all. It was a drag. Um, was a bit of a bummer. Mm. Or at least um, say here's an address that of the planet we went to and it's yeah. been 10,000 years but they got to follow the like cookie crumbs. Last you know? season when we had the sheet of paper with the um, addresses to places with known ZPMs, ZPMs. Um, yeah, that would have been cool. That would have been a great um, sort of thing to, to give us a little bit more um, to go off. Yeah. And then yeah, obviously it's been 10,000 years, so if nothing pans out, no big deal, but at yeah. least it's something to something. Yeah, like because they even made they, they made mention of the fact that like they couldn't even take, get any drones off the Aurora because it had no yeah. drones mm. even. Like, there yeah, was, they didn't even need to say that. nothing. <laughs> like, yeah, who gives a shit about drones? We want, yeah. you know, yeah. So, yeah, that's a bummer. I did. I did also hate that moment. It's and it's that classic um, sort of puddle t- jumper would have been cool. 
Oh yeah, a couple <laughs> of extra puddle jumpers. Um, but there was that there was that classic sort of TV movie moment where when Taylor and Ronan find the wraith, they radio McKay, and it's like. McKay, you need to get down here. We're yeah. two decks below you. And he's like, well, I'm busy. Just tell me what it is. And she's like, no, you have to get down here because we need a dramatic reveal. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's like, oh, just say, hey, we found a wraith in a pod. Like, mm, yeah. But they needed that act break of us as the audience being McKay seeing the wraith in the pod. But I'm like, he's going to go down two decks. Like, <laughs> come on, guys. Yeah. Yeah. And he he's meant to be monitoring Shepard. Yeah. Yeah. For his yeah, safety. Exactly. There was um there was also that weird that weird thing where they kind of I think it was just and it's something that the writers have to do a lot they have to just snip little threads so the audience doesn't go well why didn't you do this why didn't you do this and they had to kind of snip that thread about oh the wraith cruisers that are coming are too far away to be within telepathic range of mm. the wraith that's on the ship but the wraith cruisers were only an hour away. Back in the siege, when they were still several days away, yeah, Taylor could connect with them. That's what I thought. I I, I don't remember because I've only mm. watched all these episodes once. But when they made a point of saying, "No, no, no, they're too far away. Don't worry. That's not something we have to be concerned about." I thought, I feel like while I don't remember the distance, you could feel them if not yeah. maybe uh, if not maybe communicate or whatever but you could certainly sense them yeah. from way too far you know like why? almost like more the- way more belie- than believability and suspension of disbelief in this show would have me allow we've already had that proven so this sort of seems to yeah go yeah, back on that the only way i could try and reconcile it in my brain is go well, okay, maybe cuz we they did talk about it in the siege and, and all those sort of episodes leading up to it and the gift and all that kind of stuff the wraith fleet were taking stops. They had mm. to, they had to, you know, buzz in, take stops, rest, and do whatever. So the only thing I think of is like their their last rest stop wherever they were when Taylor connected with them was closer than the where, cru- these guys where the cruisers yeah. were. Mm. So maybe it's like maybe only hives are the ones that need to take those rest stops because they're such big hulking ships, and the cruisers don't. Yeah. So the cruise. So technically, the cruiser was further away from the Aurora, now traveling faster and traveling, so it would get here quicker than what the Hive would with stops. That's the only sort of theory that I could come up with. Plus, Beckett. Remember in the sense. siege, Beckett put her under, like with. So she was in a, like a um, sedation. So yeah. she's in a. Oh no, hypnosis. She was in a yeah. deep, deep state of hypnosis. That's what it was. But she's also a a, tilt thing. She's also like a human with a tiny amount of wraith DNA. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> two full blooded wraith should be able to just communicate with each other way better than Taylor can. Yeah. But having said that, I feel like they could have hidden behind the fact that Magnetic shielding. The magnetic shielding, the wraith was yeah. in a pod. So it's like if that wraith is in a simulated environment, mm. then that would stop, like the the device connected to his brain stops him from being able to use his telepathic abilities to communicate with the wraith. Yeah. yeah. That would have been enough. I don't think you had to get into the distance There's conversation enough about it. His mind's accepting the reality enough to block yeah. sort of, yeah, yeah. his given, full capacity or something. Given that shit. we know wraith talk like this <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. But as the first officer, he's just talking like a normal human. Like yeah. the computer is obviously, you know, Filtering or putting a nice Instagram mm. filter across him. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that was telegraphed that too easily at the start that she was the wraith. Mm. Well, she was the bad guy. Because well, she's yeah, like, I mean, don't, you don't need to listen to him, Captain. <laughs> it's the thing that we're doing. Come on. As she said it like three or four yeah. times. you gotta, you got to worry about she's the hyperdrive. I didn't, I didn't find it very believable. When did no. you realise it, Mitch? Because obviously I think the moment you're supposed to... Well, I don't know if you're supposed to realise it at that moment or later on. But Shepard says... It's the first officer. It's got to be. And yeah. I, I along the way, I done the same thing. I'm like, well, sure, it's got to be her, right? Because, yeah. like, the captain's if if he's the only one that knows the information, then he's not the like what yeah. the, the wraith has got all the information, but just hanging around in case there's more. Yeah. But then it is is it a case of it's too obvious to be true? Yeah. But then when Shepard says it, I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, that, where, obviously. I can't remember where was that in relation to the moment for me was obviously when they find the the body that's been eaten by a wraith and it's in a white wig. Like it's, yeah. And it's like, okay, we've only met one female ancient mm. on this entire fucking ship and then we've just found a female ancient dead body that's been eaten by a wraith. 
in the real world. Um, oh, so see. that's that's obviously that's her real body. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But I can't remember where that is in terms of when they say it's got to be the first office or not. But oh, I mean, that would the, the I think Shepard saying that there. would have been well after. Yeah, so yeah. I, I didn't actually. Yeah. You know, oh, okay. Yeah, so obviously, obviously yeah, when, when Ronan and Taylor find that body, mm. that's yeah. the that's the original first officer's body. It's strange. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed this episode and for some reason I had zero memory of it. Oh, really? I don't know why. So weird. No, I, I, I find all the virtual environment stuff really vivid. I remember, like, just because of the colour saturation. Because, mm. um, spoiler alert for Mitch, it's like we do see... Like they reuse that set of like the the, the Aurora class ship. Mm. We do see that a couple more times in things, so some of those things can blend together. But the the actual environment, I, I always remember really really vividly. Yeah, because I always remembered Aurora class. Yeah. The next time they see an Aurora class ship, yeah, which which just I thought looks that, like that's a what this was piece of shit. Yeah, like it, it just it's, it's you know. I know they're saying it's barely holding together, yeah. but I mean, if if I'd have been called well when we rocked up and we just saw it like that, I'd have been let's just fucking turn around. Yeah. Like that yeah. thing's that thing's not holding up at all. Well, yeah, I'm glad you guys said that too because I I'm, again watching it for the first time, I didn't know about the immediate follow up line with like, geez, it looks like it's been through the yeah. wars. It looks like up- the Nebuchadnezzar got AIDS. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they show up and like I'm watching my laptop, so it's already a smaller screen, but I was looking at it going. Oh, they do not have sexy ships in this show. Like, no. I love that it's almost realism. Like the Daedalus and Prometheus, not good looking ships. Like when you think the about Daedalus is better than Prometheus. It is, but it's not. But it's still just this great. long, boxy looking yeah. thing. And you know, again, Star Wars is set. You know where they've advanced. Technology has been. You know. Thousands and thousands of generations, but everything's yeah, but we've so got airplanes smooth, that are smooth, right? And yeah, aerodynamic. Right? Yeah. So I'm like, why does that? And then when they if they said the line, it's been through the wars. I'm like, okay, I assume it was a much better looking ship before whatever happened to yeah. it, because that thing just looks like it's just a bunch of oddly pointed pieces of Lego yeah. kind of put together to form a shape that you never finished, yeah. and it was just it's, in pieces. It's that weird thing, because I remember having this conversation with a friend in high school once because um, he was he was criticising Star Trek. He's not a friend anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, talking about a Borg cube, and he's like, it makes no sense aerodynamically in space to have a spaceship that's shaped like a giant cube. And it's like... What does that mean? Well, what you guys were saying about the weird shape of the Aurora and stuff like that, like it's just so ugly looking and weird. Mm. And I was like, so we had that conversation about, well, aerodynamics don't exist in space. So yeah. it can be any fucking shape it wants. It doesn't matter. But then when you think about that's okay for us in the real world, but it's like, well, then when you start factoring in faster than light travel mm. and just the sheer forces, like you need inertial dampeners and mm. all those things, topic all the G-force, it's like, well, that does have to start taking into effect how you design something. Mm. And, yeah, the, the the design of the Aurora, it's just like, oh, I don't know. Someone tell that to the Hataks because yeah. like, every time they pop out of hyperspace, I'm just like, oh, that doesn't look like that's a comfortable <laughs> drive. That's so weird looking every single time. Yeah. Yeah, they look great in the movie where they landed yeah, in the middle coming of the up desert. and down is yeah. fine. When they start moving on the on the what is it, the X axis or whatever, yeah. instead of the Y axis, <laughs> it's like no, 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 thank you. <laughs> yeah, they should always have it sideways, so it's pointing. Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. aerodynamically yeah. for us. Oh, but I feel again, like if, if that if, if you got a problem with that later in this show, you're gonna have some issues with some of the things you see. <laughs> Put a pin in this conversation. We'll but get you to look it, at we'll you it. look at Atlantis, <laughs> and it's very sleek looking, kind mm. of advanced modern. Um, architecture, yeah. and then the the Aurora ship looks nothing like that. Mm. It looks like it just was covered in scaffolding. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it was. It was very weird. And, not, and okay, it's been bombed, but it wasn't. Didn't have like a look sleek or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, like, and I, and I don't think when we see that class again, it ever looks that nah. bad. But it still doesn't look great. No, like it still doesn't look wonderful. One thing I did like though is is we and it's funny because we were only talking about this maybe a couple of weeks ago the distinction between, they like, talk about the distinction in the Aurora, which is the whole thing the Wraith was after, the dis- the difference between interstellar engines and intergalactic engines, mm. which I thought was funny given, we, yeah, we were only talking about it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so they've really sort of set that up and, and really hit that home that the Daedalus has a couple of different sets of, of FTL drives. Yeah. And, yeah, the Wraith have the interstellar 
yeah. faster than light, but don't have intergalactic, mm. which is what yeah the ancients and you know the Asgard and all that kind of stuff have. I saw a um, a video the other day about it was trying to explain like light travel. So if you like, there's a picture of Earth and it goes all right. If you had a ship and it was going at the speed of light, and it goes towards the sun, it's fucking slow. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it's eight minutes it takes to get. Mm. So I'm like. The FTL, if it's in, like we talk about sub subspace, but the FTL is supposed to be in this kind of plane, I suppose yeah. you would say. That's got to be fucking moving, man. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's wild. Moving. <laughs> To get yeah. intergalactic. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll get, yeah. I'll get, a, I'll get a that's two for this. But it's like, yeah, like Star Trek obviously has the, the warp factor. Like warp, warp one is the speed of light, mm. and then they have warp two, three, four, five, six, and up to like nine. You know, you, the, there's a weird episode where, you, if where, you go to ten, mate, you're a lizard. Yeah, you, it, <laughs> appar- apparently, apparently, if you hit warp ten, you're in all places, everywhere at once, and then you you evolve into a lizard creature. <laughs> we all try and. Episode. Yeah, we, we try That's to forget so about dumb. that one. That I mean, the, it's a cool episode, but the end is stupid. Should that be the first episode ever that I watched? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it um, should actually be. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be pretty it's great. Threshold, which, um, <laughs> but so it's like, well, warp, for their sort of thing, Warp 2 isn't twice the speed of light. It's like the speed of light to a factor of 10. So it's mm. like, every, yeah, so it's like right. even like Warp 9 versus Warp 9.9975 it could be twice as fast. Yeah, like, yeah. You're dealing in factors. Exponential. Yeah, so it's it's that similar kind of thing. But even then, even even Star Trek at, yeah, warp 9.975. It's this like, might be a two. Yeah, oh, no, I said it's a two. <laughs> I know, I missed, I missed um, the one before when you just yeah. said in Star Trek. Sorry, I'll, uh, I'll, yeah. look, I'll give you one while you're wrapping this up. This, yeah. is, this is still all considered one. Um, But, yeah, so it's like... For, for ships in Star Trek to cross just the Milky Way galaxy at their maximum speed. Can we get a... That's one, because yeah. this is long enough. Take, no, this is, this is, this is the that's two. Yeah. This is the that's two. Oh, yeah, okay. but we didn't do the one yet. Yeah, just, the one was for the Borg Cube. Yeah. It's a retroactive, yeah. Um, but it's like it takes 70 years. Like, that's the whole premise. Across of, the galaxy. Yeah, to cross yeah. the Milky Way would take 70 years in Star Trek just using their... Quadrant, using their no, no, to get from the Delta Quadrant back to Earth. Oh, um, it's the whole side. Yeah, it would take basically 70 years. So it's like Stargate ships blow Star Trek out of the water in terms of speed. Like yeah. just especially even even the interstellar, let alone their intergalactic yeah. FTLs is fucking incredible. Mm. Yeah, it's mind-blowingly far. Even, even, you know, even the Daedalus, when you think about it, what it does Earth to Pegasus in... Is it, oh, is it, two weeks? Is it three weeks round three trip weeks? or is it three weeks each way? I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. I want to say it was each three way, days with the ZPM. With, with the CZPM, it was like, yeah, like three days. But then just with their normal Asgard intergalactic engines. Well, I'm assuming you would have to be inside. This, again, this is using track logic because you can't warp in certain things. Oh, shit. But it's like. Dude. You use. You, like, use, you can't keep doing it with it. And just have no repercussions. I'm just saying. I'm you just can't saying, do this. I'm just. You're ruining the podcast. I, I don't control my. I don't control my microphone. <laughs> but it's like you would have Jesus to use. Jesus Christ! We haven't your, done this in a while, guys. Use your interstellar engines while you're inside either the Pegasus or Milky Way galaxies. Oh yeah. And only use your intergalactic engines, like in the void in between. Maybe is when you're allowed to. Like it's it's mm. residential streets versus the highway. I've yeah. stopped listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm afraid. You've Look, done your dash. I, ne- I never this did. This is a Stargate to, podcast. To be honest, I never did this. It's my fault. That's true. Okay, I, n- I never yeah. did the... So. I mean, I've run out of notes, so and, give me three. I'm and to be fair, I'm fine with that it. was all part no, of the same... Shut up. It was all part of the same conversation. Yes. You've got plenty of like notes. If, if we change the topics... the of the podcast, yes. you have plenty more notes. <laughs> oh, no. Please, don't turn off my microphone. Oh, I've no. Got, oh, we might have to do oh, this. So I'm just going like, through the catalog. I just like now. being That's back the in the studio, one, yeah. just like having so many buttons in front of me. It's okay. so much fun. Turn my, mo- my own microphone off. It's like shit. What? No. Take, uh, All right, that's three. Let's do it. That's three. <laughs> Jesus Christ, haven't done this in a while. Feels good. Yeah, oh, play, oh, play really? the three thing. Play the three okay. thing. I haven't heard it in ages. The line has to be drawn here, yeah. this far and no further. Wow. Can't have it. It's a Stargate podcast, not it. a star. <laughs> Shut up. Peter Dell. Shut up, please. Uh, can we talk more about how shit Weir is? 
<laughs> now we don't have He's Maddie like, I inter- buy back in. interjecting. Buy- <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I'll say something bad about Janeway. Let me back in. <laughs> Brandon knows more about Stargate than I do. Brendan knows way more about Stargate than I do. Oh, God. Uh, that's great. That's fantastic. Anyway, we... No, no I've got nothing else on me. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Oh, a good episode. So there's more... Uh, Aurora! Maddie <laughs> said before that um, th- there's... or you, I, I, sh- I wish I could ask him. Uh, the uh, virtual... Environment, environment stuff. He he really likes. Is there more to come within Atlantis that he's talking about, or do you think maybe it's to do with the stuff in SG One we've already seen? It's got to do with Atlantis. Okay, cool. But not a virtual environment. Okay, okay. Leave it at that. All right, I'll leave. I'll I'll leave it. One thing I'm good at, it's leaving it. <laughs> I will do no more with that. And I'll forget that we ever spoke about it the next time we come yeah, around. Exactly. I'll be like, I'm finally, uh, I'm glad that uh, Atlantis has finally brought on a virtual environment episode. You're like, dude, episode 206. Yeah. That's it. That's what we're wrapping up. Oh, Aurora. Um, as I look down, I get my one note, blue jello on Atlantis. I'm glad I wrote that. Thanks for contributing, Mitch. This could be just called the blue jello episode. For you. Hey <laughs> man, you guys Shut fought up. for ten minutes at the start. I don't even remember what it was about, but I, I, I was, it was about weird. Yeah. It was just weird, yeah. was it? Weird was oh, a bitch. We a... all know that, guys. Can we all agree? Yes. Every, Fly on the wall. Hands up. Yes. Yep. Everyone there. Yeah. Three in the room. Speak now or <laughs> next week, episode two hundred and seven. Um, little pre Valentine's Day episode, guys. It's not going to mean anything because it's the Fourth Horseman, and it's and you're married. Got nothing to, and, and I'm married. <laughs> so Valentine's Day now. Okay, sorry, says. Um, doesn't carry the weight that it used to if it ever right. did. But anyway, it's a two parter: Fourth Horseman Part One and Two. Oh dear. 10th and 11th episode of SG1 Season 9. So do your bloody homework, guys. Join us back next week for 207, The Fourth Horseman. Join us. Okay? Stuff's going on. If you're new to the show, what a way to join. We argue with each other at the top and then random sound effects play at (laughs) random times throughout the episode. We don't know what we're we don't know what we're doing here, but it's all happening. And uh, you can check out all of our old podcasts on your favourite podcasting outlet. Just search Get Into Gate, a Stargate podcast. Follow us on the socials. Hit us up on Patreon if you uh, want to join yeah. the exclusive club. Or if Brendan's you want some realm. Mm-hmm. You can jump on Patreon. There's a great electrical phenomenon happening over there. And um, Maddie's mouthing shit at me. I'm not going to listen because <laughs> his mic's off. So Take the Patreon. Nah, next week. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. And <laughs> listen, join our YouTube channel, please, for God's sake. I'm lonely over there. Give us a like and subscribe, mainly the subscription. Watch a couple of episodes. Play it in the background at work, for God's sake. Help us out. That'd be nice. Thanks, guys. I'm still yet to do that myself. Every day, I'm like, you know, I just need to have it three windows open and just click random episode and just let yeah. it play. I do it sometimes. You should just do it. Just go into everyone's computer. At it's work. actually a part of YouTube's terms and conditions. That you're not allowed to do that. To your to your own. To your own. Yeah. Yeah. They don't know that. That's, no, you know I'm, I'm logged in under my own name. Yeah. I'll fool them. They'll never know. Fool me once. Google. What do they know? Right. Psst. Hey. Jumps. Fools. Good people also. So. Great people. Great. Great people. Oh God. You know they've got the cash. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Send us some that Google. <laughs> Send us a Google amount of cash. All right. Well, episode 207 back next week. Catch you then. Aurora! Get into geek.